weighed and laid in the balances together with my calamity. For then it would be heavier than the sand of the seas. Therefore my words have been rash. For the arrows of the Almighty are within me. They're poison. My spirit drinks. The terrors of God are arrayed against me. Does the wild donkey bray over his grass? Or does the ox low over his fodder? Can something tasteless be eaten without salt? Or is there any taste in the white of an egg? My soul refuses to touch them. They are like loathsome food to me. Very interesting. What's Job saying in 2 and 3? Oh, that my grief were actually weighed and laid in the balances together with my calamity. You could weigh my sorrows. They'd be extremely heavy. Does, is he saying he wants them to see it? or? Well, I think he's saying, what if you put the disasters that have happened on one side of the balance and my lamentation on the other? Really, I've suffered a lot more than I've lamented. I mean, yeah, I might have sounded kind of strong, but when you consider all that I'm going through, it's really pretty light. I think that's what he's trying to say. Uh, you know, his, uh, his calamities way outweigh his rash words. And so if he sounds strong, you know, it's because how much he's suffering. So he says, oh, that my grief were actually weighed and laid in the balances together with my calamity, for then it would be heavier than the sands of the seas. Therefore, my words have been rash. I've spoken rashly because my calamities are as heavy as the sand of the sea. You know, what I said is really kind of, uh, you know, not very, not very strong at all when you think about it that way. He wasn't crying over nothing. You know, he's saying, this is worse than it looks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Try it for yourself. And, and here's the bad thing about it is verse 4. Now, I really believe, and we'll see this so much more as we go on, this is Job's problem. For the arrows of the Almighty are within me. Their poison my spirit drinks. The terrors of God are arrayed against me. He thinks God has been shooting poison arrows at him. He thinks God has gotten his army together and is assaulting him. That's the worst thing Job faces, is the knowledge that God's against him and has declared war on him. You could take anything else better than to believe God doesn't like you and he's trying to destroy you. That's what Job thinks is happening. You can't leave that very long and understand what Job says. So he says again in verse 5, does the wild donkey bray over his grass? Does the ox low over his fodder? I mean, you know, if I'm, if I'm complaining, it's not because you've given me some nice green grass to eat as a donkey. You know, I mean... I'm not complaining because everything's so rosy and, you know, it's just, it's just a <laughs> bowl of cherries here. So he's again just kind of justifying why, yeah, I, I did kind of have an outburst there, but hey, look at what's going on. And then I think 6 and 7, this is debatable, but I think 
he was referring to what Eliphaz said. When he says, can something tasteless be eaten without salt? Is there any taste in the white of an egg? My soul refuses to touch them. They're like loathsome food to me. I think he's saying what Eliphaz said is so bland and so tasteless, I can't even swallow it. <laughs> they are very uh, poetic and uh, creative in their uh, approaches to things. For all Job's suffering, he's still a poet. Comments and questions to verse 7. Eight to thirteen. Oh, that my request might come to pass, and that God would grant my longing. Would that would that God were willing to crush me, that He would loose His hand and cut me off. But is but it is still my consolation, and I rejoice in unsparing pain that I have not denied the words of the Holy One. What is my strength that I should wait? And what is my end that I should endure? Is my strength the strength of stones? Or is my flesh bronze? Is it that my help is not within me and that deliverance is driven from me? Well, what does he want God to do? End it. Yeah. Cut me off from life. Just snip me off. You know, uh, we should just cut me loose. Just let me go. You know, Job does not seem to consider killing himself, but he sure wishes God would end it for him. And he really needs that to happen pretty soon. Verse 10, it is still my consolation, and I rejoice in unsparing pain that I have not denied the words of the Holy One. I mean, Job is in terrible pain this is really, really hard, but he's, he's rejoicing in the fact that he has not spoken against God. You know, he has not cursed God and died. You know, he's not gone out and gotten drunk, you know, or done something else to try to just, you know, ease the pain. So he, it's really, it's really his consolation is he's gone through this so far. But... I mean, he can't hold out much longer. He's pretty much at the end of his rope. You know, what is my strength that I should wait? What is my end that I should endure? Is my strength the strength of stones or my flesh is my flesh bronze? I mean, I just can't do this. You know, I'm not I'm not metal. I'm not a rock. You know, I'm a person. And uh, you know, I, I just I can't hold out much longer. Uh, I mean, I think he may almost be saying he, he wants to die because he's afraid he will do something wrong if this goes on much longer. You know, so he's, he's begging God, just please, please, please cut me off and kill me. So that he could go to the grave rejoicing that he had not denied the words of the Holy One. I bet you anything, verse 10, grates on his friends. Oh, because they see this, he is denying the words yeah. of the Holy One. Yeah. So he's still arrogantly pronouncing his innocence to them. Uh. So this is, this is like rubbing your uh, nails on a chalkboard. Comments and thoughts? 
the rejoicing in unsparing pain in verse 10. How? I, I can understand it's still my consolation that I have not denied the words of the Holy One. But the rejoice and unsparing pain well, I, is that also connected? I, that I do. I think he's saying I rejoice in the fact that though I have unsparing pain, I've not denied the words of the Holy One. So even even when I'm going through all this, I'm rejoicing. I've still clung to God's words. I mean, how many people would have gone through this and just abandoned God altogether? Just said, oh, I can't, can't serve God this way. You know, or how many people would have gone to the bar or gone to the brothel or, or done some ridiculous thing to try to escape? I mean, it really does speak well of Job. If you stop and think about it, that he hasn't tried to end all this in some wrong kind of a way. So he's, he's rejoicing in the situation that he's in, not that he's... Rejoicing that he's in the situation. Right. He is rejoicing that given the situation, he hasn't denied there God. There you go. Okay. Mm. Do what? Oh. Well. Hey, Bob. Yeah, yeah, he's... I'm sorry. A place where women of ill repute and so forth might be. <laughs> but I, he, I think he's just... He seems to me to be answering Eliphaz's charge that... Uh, uh, the things that he's implying that uh, he's done something wrong, he needs to repent of. Yes. Yes. And just saying, you know, he's really done quite well given the circumstances. It, it, it really helps, I think, in understanding Job when you read these parts and you just think about how Job must have felt. You know, it's easy to forget how horrible this is for Job. All right, 14 to 23. For the despairing man, there should be kindness from his friend, so that he does not forsake the fear of the Almighty. My brothers, have I acted deceitfully like a wadi, like the torrents of wadis which vanish, which are turbid because of ice and which into the snow melts? When they become waterless, they are silent. When it is hot, they vanish from their place. The paths of their course wind along, wind along, and they go up to nothing and perish. The caravans of Tima looked, and the travelers of Sheba hoped for them. They were disappointed, for they had trusted. They had come here and were confounded. Indeed, you have now become such. You see a terror and are afraid. Have I said, give me something, or offer a bribe for me from your wealth, or deliver me from the hand of the adversary? Or redeem me from the hand of the tyrants. All right. So, Job is almost pleading for kindness. You know, for the despairing man, there should be kindness from his friend. You know, I mean, he needs a little sympathy and encouragement so that he does not forsake God. Uh, he feels really betrayed by them. Here's his friends, and Eliphaz just attacks him. He, you know, can, can I get a little, just, you know, I don't know, kindness, mercy. My brothers have acted deceitfully like a wadi, like the torrents of wadis which vanish. Remember what a wadi is? It goes away. 
Well, it's like a river. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah it was. Um, the wadis would would be a creek bed, a river bed that that would be full of water in the late winter, spring, early summer, with the snow melt and with the rains in the spring. They'd be they'd be a, a rushing torrent. But in the late summer, when it's hot and dry. And when you really need some water, and you get to the wadi, it was dry. You know, so wadis are a real disappointment. You know, they're full when you don't need the water, and they're dry when you do. That's kind of the friends. <coughs> you know, when Job really needed them, they aren't offering much. You know, he was hoping for a little more, at least some sympathy. You know, so he's saying, you guys are, are, are wadis. <laughs> and uh, it's like when, when travelers, you know, are hoping for water and they get there and it's dried up. That's, that's what he's comparing them with. Um, why were they like that? Verse 21. Indeed, you have now become such you see a terror and are afraid. What's he saying? When trouble comes, you run. Yeah, sort of. They're afraid of Job's problems and suffering because they don't know how to handle it. Yes. They don't know what to do with Job. Yes. I suspect they are afraid what would happen if they actually sympathize with Job? What might God do to them? You know, I think they feel fearful not to be sure they're defending God's honor and justice in this whole thing. Because, I mean, if they, if they start, if they say anything that might be construed as critical to God, look at what he might do to them. Sometimes we are dishonest to support the truth, to support the doctrines that are right. Because we're afraid to acknowledge, well, you know, that, that's, that's, that's a good point. I can't say that because that would, that would not be right. That's not the truth. And so we can even twist passages to try to get them to say the right thing. Because <laughs> we don't want to be on the wrong side of this or that. It seems like it's the same mentality. That they're afraid of, of doing something that would be going against God. And uh, so they've got to say that, well, this is just justice. I mean, you know, if you're suffering, well, I mean, it's, it's God's discipline. You know, be happy about it. You know, it's, it's going to help you out. Um, Job will at one point say, you know, uh, you caused me to suffer without cause. You know, you, you brought me, there's, there's, no, there's no reason for this. Well, they would have been horrified by that, but it's exactly what God himself said to Satan. You caused me to do all this without cause. Mm -hmm. You know, and so the truth is, Job is suffering undeserved, you know, things. But the friends think that they can't possibly acknowledge that because God would be upset with them. That's what I think they're saying. And I think that's a lot of their motivation. 
And I think one thing we've got to learn is always be honest. You know, don't, don't change the facts. Don't be dishonest with the truth just to support what you know has to be right. That's well, well, uh, later on, doesn't he say you're, you feel like you have to argue for God? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's what you think he's saying. Here. I think he is. That, that makes sense. But even if Job was suffering because he had sinned, wouldn't it still be right to like have a little compassion on him? Like, <laughs> you would think. So either way. Yeah. What, what about the prodigal son's father? Right. When he was coming back home, felt compassion on him. You got what you deserved. Well, yeah. Why do you feel compassion on him? I mean, the boy had gotten every advantage you know, asked for an early installment of the inheritance and went out and blew it on a bunch of stuff that his father would have strongly disapproved of. How can you feel compassion on a no-count son who's getting what he deserved? Well, that's exactly what the father so, felt. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> when he came back home. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Yeah, good, good thoughts. It's a lot of things to think about in Job. A lot of this you have to keep you get to keep thinking about <laughs> because we're going to look at this from various angles. And so, you know, just some points that you might not often consider really keep being illustrated. Cameron. Verse 14 where it says that the despairing man, they, they need the kindness from a friend so that um, they won't fall uh, or forsake the Almighty. I think we do that a lot. Um, we, or we don't give them the help that they need a lot today to fellow Christians. Um, because we'll go and hang out and we'll go and talk about the Bible to the strong Christians in the church. We'll go up to those ones that we know can encourage us and those ones that enjoy this kind of stuff. But those weak members of the church that they're about to fall away and we know that. We know they're weaker ones. Well, we try to stay away from them so that they don't drag us down with them. Or so that, well, they, they won't enjoy the uh, talk about the Bible. But they're the ones that need it. Why shouldn't we give it to them? Why shouldn't, like this verse says, the despairing man, there should be kindness. And for the weak person, there should be encouragement. Good. It'd be a fair application, I think, of that principle. Caleb. It's like um, whenever Jesus asks the Pharisees um, by what authority John baptized, um, if it was from God or from men, they're like, they aren't being honest because they're like, if we say this, then it'll say that. Right. Yeah. So they were just thinking about what the consequences were of what they would say. They were not thinking about what would be honest and truthful. Sometimes we're like that. Well, I can't say that because if I said that, then they might use that this way. Be honest. I mean, really. There's a lot to say for just being honest and not trying to twist things around to get them to come out in my favor. I think we do, especially when something sounds denominational. You know, we shy away from that or we explain it away immediately or, you know, you read a passage, well, that doesn't mean this. And, you know, and with just names of things like prayer meetings or you know or even names of our church you know church of god or whatever well we would never want to call ourselves that because that's definitely bad <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, exactly. Sometimes we can be insecure because this is not the way we've always done it or heard it or whatever. Instead of looking to see, well, is it right? It's like, no, you can't do that. Yeah, I mean, if you meet somebody and they go to a church of God, you know, our instinct is to, well, they, you know, they, they were churches of Christ. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, we can point to that passage, but, <laughs> or when we're studying and we read over the passage, you know, the church of God, and it's, you know, we, we want to avoid it or, you know, we don't. Well, want that to... wasn't the name of it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's easy to do those things in our fear of not doing the right thing or of displeasing God. And so honesty and fairness and dealing with the scriptures or whatever is necessary. Um, Job says in 22 and 23, I didn't really ask you for anything. You know, um, I didn't ask you to, uh, you know, pay a ransom for me. Uh, you know, they're acting like, um, I don't know, they're acting like Job's, Job's requested something. You know, he really hasn't. Um, so they're not out anything. You know, they, they, they don't have to feel like they have to pile on. You know, he's not hurting them any. On anything you want to say through 23? Right, how about 24 to 30? Teach me and I'll be silent, and show me how I have erred. How painful are honest words. But what does your argument prove? Do you intend to reprove my words? When the words of one in despair belong to the wind? You would even cast lots for the orphans, and barter over your friend. And now, please look at me and see if I lie to your face. Does this now let there be no injustice, even desist. My righteousness is yet in it. Is there injustice on my tongue? Cannot my palate discern calamities? So he's really saying, well, look, you haven't told me anything. Teach me and I'll listen. Show me where I've heard. You know, what have I done? You, are, you haven't proven anything. You know, you just tell me what I did. They can't do that, of course. He says, do you intend to reprove my words when the words of one in despair belong to the wind? You know, I mean, come on. Obviously he's hurting. Certainly he's going to say some things in pain. You know, look at what's happening to him. You know, have a little compassion, a little patience. You know, you would even cast lots for the orphans and barter over your friend. I mean, they're really cruel. You know, it's so important for them to maintain this principle that all suffering is punishment, that they're willing to sacrifice Job totally just to maintain their, you know, their doctrine. They're really cruel to him for the sake of not, uh, you know, not compromising what they believe. He said, look at me and see if I lie to your face. You know, look at me. Am I lying to you? You know, desist, desist now. Let there be no injustice. Even desist. My righteousness is yet in it. You know, stop already. You know, 
You just look me in the in the eye. I'm not lying. Is there injustice on my tongue? I, you know, I know what's going on. I haven't done it. Now, I don't think Job's ever saying that he never ever did anything wrong. But if this is a matter of you're getting the the, the just judgment in this life, well, he hasn't done wrong things to deserve this in comparison with everybody else. I mean, if Job's getting this, whoa. Everybody else, you know, is in way worse shape than that. So, so this is not equitable retribution. This has begun to heat up, isn't it? Yeah, just starting. <laughs> Job's, a, Job's a little cranky. Sometimes. Yes, he is. I mean, he is plain spoken for sure. Yeah. That, I mean, he's maybe a little touchy. Because Eliphaz, Eliphaz was a little over the top, but I mean, wasn't, well, I don't know. I mean, he's really upset already. And if he had only known how good Eliphaz's first speech was compared to some of the later ones, he'd have probably congratulated him. <laughs> Is verse 26 accurate in the sense that <clears throat> the words of one in despair belong to the wind I mean in the sense of not exactly being called to account well maybe a little bit I mean before God maybe we need to leave that with God but I mean shouldn't we overlook some things in some circumstances you know somebody is really under a lot of pressure it's a very difficult moment and they're 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 impatient, they're touchy, they're testy, you know what? Well, but yeah, but they're they're you know, parents just had a heart attack, you know, they just they just got this horrible news, they just you know look, they were exhausted, they'd been up you know three nights in a row with a screaming kid, or you know what? You realize well, okay, you know we'll get some allowances, you know they weren't at their best. I think for us at least in dealing with people, it is appropriate for us to have some compassion and realize, yeah, there are some times that we probably, you know, said some things that really weren't good reflections of how we really feel. Mm -hmm. Always try to understand somebody's situation. I think it's not that the, the you know, you just change what, what, what God requires or what God asks of us. But I think we have to be merciful. And being merciful in part is, you know, understanding that, you know, everybody's, you know, situation is different and sometimes people are going to say or do something that's kind of outrageous. But like in terms of, in terms of what God still requires, that doesn't, If you see what I mean, because I mean, I understand that, you know, if something terrible happens and somebody reacts poorly to that, you know, shouldn't be a cause for scorn and condemnation and, and, and all of that. But at the same time, that shouldn't, I mean, we all know that shouldn't be your first impulse, but sometimes it is. Well, no temptation has taken us but what's common to man, and God always provides a way of escape. So I don't think we ought to use our circumstances to just say, 
oh, well, I was having a bad day, so I'm entitled to, you know, scream no. and yell and yeah. cuss everybody out. You know, um, God certainly knows us and, you know, is patient. Uh, ultimately, he is the judge. I mean, I don't know how much we can do of saying, well, you give me the scenario and I'll tell you, you know, what God's going to say on the judgment day. I, I don't know about all that. Well, overlooking an offense doesn't justify the offense. I mean, uh, because somebody else has done wrong and you're trying to understand them, I, I think that's the right approach to that, but uh, that doesn't make their offense okay. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. we're, we're, uh, uh, we have a study now at church shepherding a child's heart and and uh, a lot of parenting involves in, instead of jumping down a kid's throat trying to get to the heart of the matter trying to understand what's what's going on to help him through that so that he'll be willing to correct the wrong because of what God says rather than uh, you uh, responding in the same kind of way that he is Yes. Other thoughts? We'll look at the very first here of chapter 7, uh, verses 1 through 6. 